Good morning. I, uh, I don't know who that guy was up there, uh, but uh, he was weird. And so, <laughs> welcome to K1. Uh, we are so glad to worship with you today. If you are new with us this morning, uh, uh, my name is Pastor Andrew. This is my wife, Pastor Simone, and we are so glad to, uh, you're here. Let me welcome you back to the fourth week of our sermon series called Invisible War. Uh, say it with me, Invisible War. Our key verse for the series is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. It says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. For our struggle, Paul says, is not against flesh and blood. You see, when we're talking about spiritual warfare, we're not talking about neighbors, enemies, governments, nations in the physical realm. It's not people that we're fighting against. God loves people. Let me say it again. God loves people. And everyone, 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 he wants everyone to, uh, 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 to come into the saving relationship with Jesus Christ and spend eternity with him. It's not people that we're fighting against. It's the spiritual realms. It's not human-centered. It's spirit-centered. If you're taking, uh, taking notes, write this down. It's our key thought for the series. Hear this. Spiritual warfare is not chasing after the enemy. Spiritual warfare is chasing after Jesus. Spiritual warfare is drawing ever closer to Jesus so that nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing can get between you and him. You and him. Spiritual warfare is chasing after Jesus. Week one of the series, we looked at the weaponry, the weaponry, the spiritual for armor of God. Week two, we looked at the enemy, the enemy. What are his characteristics? What are his purposes? What are his schemes? Last week, week three, Pastor Brian it did a masterful job of looking at our humanness, our humanness, the temptations, the accusations, the hurts that would make us react, and how the humanness of Christ makes redemption possible. How the humanness of Christ makes the redemption possible. Without without the uh, uh, Savior of the Christ uh, on the cross uh, as a sacrifice for our sins, we would be lost. We would be lost. And so next week, uh, we have enjoyed this sermon uh, so much, uh, and uh, uh, we don't want it to end. So next week, uh, we are going to examine a certain type of spiritual warfare. Worship as warfare. Worship as warfare. And we are so excited for the conclusion of our series. Worship as warfare. But today, 
We are looking at the victory of Christ, the victory of Christ, his victory on the cross, and his victory in our lives. So we begin um, by talking about the victory of Christ and this work on the cross. Yeah, please, I'm going to use the, this one. Thank you so much. And theologically, there are several ways in which we can explain or understand the articulations that have been given to, um, to the atonement theories behind the, the victory of Christ on the cross. And, uh, you know, the best way to exemplify this, especially for the kids, you know, because we can get into all the theological stuff and then get lost up here. <laughs> but, you know, the best way to represent his victory on the cross is by you taking a look at the geometry of the cross. And uh, with outstretched arms, Jesus is embracing those from the east and the west mm -hmm. and bringing them closer together uh, because of his love for humanity. And then with a lowered head, he submits to the will of the Father and becomes mm -hmm. the sacrificial lamb that takes away the sin of the world. And then finally, with his feet, he crushes the enemy. And this is uh, usually understood in theology as the Christus Victor motif which basically means the victory of Christ. This has biblical evidence, for he came not only to make a way back to God, to reconcile us back to God, but he also came to destroy the works of the mm -hmm. enemy. Yes. First John 3, 8 says this, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Hebrews 2, 14 says, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, yes. that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Jesus not only came to make a way back to God through dying on the cross, but he also ended the cosmic battle raging since the beginning of days. Right before Jesus breathed his last, he said, it is finished. Yes, yes. It is finished and what he meant was this i have overcome yes. death has lost yes. its power yes i have defeated the last enemy there is to be defeated yes where oh death is your sting where oh death is your victory and on the cross he defeated death and he crushed the enemy under his feet mm -hmm. This has huge implications for the church. How do we live into this, this victory that he accomplished for us? Right before the inception of the church, Jesus looked at Peter and prophetically told him, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Mm -hmm. He said, now when Jesus says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, that's interesting that he would use the image of a gate to say what, what hell cannot do. Because gates, if you think about it, gates are like a fortification. They're a strong element. They, they usually portray a, a defense mechanism, like a wall. So why would you, Jesus use this image of a gate? Well, if you think of it and you read other translations of the Bible, like the New Living Translation, it actually says that it's the powers of hell that cannot prevail against the church. And this is true because, you know, uh, it's amazing that Jesus begins to redefine what it means to come out of the grave and be alive. Mm. He himself says, I am the gate. Mm -hmm. I am the gate and whoever enters through me will be saved. Mm. He is the gateway to salvation, to reconciliation, to restoration, to healing, to deliverance. Everything is found in his victory on the cross. Now, it, you know, Jesus, 
Jesus is, is, is so incredible. He not only promises victory one day in heaven as the church triumphant that we will be, but he also promises victory now as the church militant that we are. Because we are in the army of the Lord. We are soldiers being called to take back our territory, to conquer new territories for Christ all over the world through evangelism and missions. We are the church militant here on earth. The other day I heard Lucas just break out in song and begin to sing a song I learned when I was a child. <laughs> and you probably kids remember this song and adults, I'm sure you learned it too. <laughs> I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never fly or the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, we are. So I looked at my son and I said, yes, sir, you are. Whether you want it or not, <laughs> that's right. you are called. And we are in the Lord's army. We have a unique task as the church continues to engage in spiritual warfare from that perspective of being from a perspective of victory, it is finished. And yet, even though Jesus put an end to the cosmic battle raging around us in the cross, there's still very much a war, an invisible war raging within us mm -hmm. that must be settled by a second work of grace. It is not just salvation, it is also sanctification. It is now when Jesus rose to, from the grave and went back to the Father that said, I will send the counselor, I will send the paraclete, the one who walks alongside of you. I will send my spirit who will empower you and give you the life that you need mm. in order now to settle that invisible war raging within yeah. you. So how do we explain this? Mm. Well, it's very simple. What Christ does for us on the cross cannot be separated from what Christ does in us through his spirit. It is a, bo a both end. We, we know that we are now saved through him. We have access to God. But now we need, we need a deeper work of grace in our own lives. And this can only be settled through his spirit. Mm. Kids, the best way I can illustrate how this works, in most, some of you have grown up in the church and, and you know, you know we, we emphasize how we have to come into a relationship with God to be energized. But, but there's a deeper work. There's a deeper work, and it's the work of his spirit. Mm. So if you look at just a, a glove, okay, mm. what does a glove look like? A hand, okay? We were created in the image and likeness of God. But you know what? I can tell the hand to pick up the microphone, and do you think the hand will pick up the microphone and begin to preach? No. You might say, well, it's because you haven't instructed the glove how to do it. you got to tell him how to preach, and then he'll do it. Or do you think if I tell the glove to pick up the Bible, to read it, the glove will do it? Of course not. The glove is an inanimate object. It does not have life or power on its own. So in order for it to move, it must be filled. The problem is that sometimes gloves, you know, they, they're, they're, they're filthy. <laughs> so they got stuff, you know, that, that needs to be removed first in order for it to be filled. So after you remove all the stuff that's inside of it, now you can be filled. And as soon as the hand goes into the glove, Ooh, the glove. All that is possible to the hand becomes possible to the glove. So now I can pick up the Bible. Now I can preach. I can do things that I am empowered to do through the Holy Spirit. So this is the process by which we now can begin to settle the invisible war that makes us lifeless, that makes us hopeless, that makes us absolutely helpless without him. 
And this is the second thing that now we're going to be talking about. Uh, first uh, is victory on the cross. Secondly, his victory in our lives. His victory in our lives. His victory on the cross pays the way for his victory in our lives. First John 4, 4 says this, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because uh, the one who is greater uh, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world or as many of us learned it greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world as brian said last week his victory is what makes our victory possible. His victory is what makes our victory possible. The uh, victory of Christ on the cross uh, 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 makes possible our eternal victory over the enemy. Uh, we have a few people uh, uh, who are uh, going to share, uh, to share their testimonies with us about what God has done in their lives. And uh, uh, while Royal Springs was here, we could have asked uh, the whole group to share, but then we would have been here until midnight and uh, missed the Super Bowl. So uh, uh, I don't want to be come between you and the Super Bowl. Um, not good. So uh, uh, we uh, uh, have three people with us today who uh, come and share their stories with us about what God is doing in their lives. Uh, Tina, would you start? I want to share with you um, how I received inner healing and deliverance from a promise I made when I was eight. I promised myself in this particular situation that I would never, ever let anyone hurt me emotionally ever again. Mm. Have any of you ever made that promise to yeah. yourself? Yeah. The Holy Spirit revealed to my freedom team and myself, how this promise set in motion the power and habits of isolation, introversion, and a few other things. The discerners identified the mission of these powers was to keep me from experiencing God's love and grace. They literally kept me numb to love and connection. I believe the lies that I've heard my whole life, thinking they were my own thoughts or the spirit giving me direction and insight. But I let Jesus heal me of that inner wound in my heart that formed when I was eight and the powers of the demonic forces capitalized on. And I left my freedom session experiencing the love of God and a feeling of being open-hearted like I have never experienced before. So what does this open-hearted experience look like in my life? Well, for one thing, um, I had this unexplained numbness in my body for years and years. Mm. And the doctors could never give me an answer for it. They'll just say, well, we'll keep an eye on it. Have you ever had a doctor say, yeah, we'll just keep an eye on that for you? <laughs> a day and a half after my session, I realized I no longer had numbness in my body. That's right. And what I realized was that this pervasive numbness that existed in my soul for decades and decades had been manifesting itself in my body for years and years. I am experiencing people here at church and elsewhere like I never have before. People that I would look at and smile and say hi to who would seemingly look right past me and walk by, 
or people I would smile to and they wouldn't smile back are smiling at me. I even had someone wink at me last Sunday after <laughs> church. I can't tell you the last time someone winked at me. This past week, it doesn't matter where I've been, Target, Burkhots, a wrestling tournament at Urbana Middle School yesterday, people are smiling at me instead of waiting for me to smile at them. Last Sunday, two people came up to me at separate times during the church time frame, and they had similar messages. They started out with, will you forgive me? Well, that's not typically a conversation how it starts out, but they had similar messages about how they had not so positive thoughts towards me and behaviors towards me, and they knew they were aware of it, they knew it wasn't right, but they apologized and they asked me to forgive them. Well, you know what? Forgiveness happened, hugs followed, and I think we can score one for Jesus' team and not the That's other. right. That's right. In spite of growing up in the Church of the Nazarene, of being saved and sanctified, doing my very best my whole life to love God and others, and even working in ministry, there was this invisible war going on in my life that kept me from being able to create connections with others. Frequently and consistently, all my life, I have been able to sense if someone doesn't like me, if someone's giving me a cold shoulder. And the thoughts that went through my brain, like they don't like me, you know what, I believe that. And it just continued to enhance that work of isolation right. and introversion that was going on in my life. That's right. And I'm sad to say that sometimes being in church was my most loneliest place of the week. But it wasn't your fault, it wasn't anybody's fault all through these years. I'm just sharing that because it illustrates the insidiousness of this war that we're yes, in. Yes, there yes, were things yes. at work in me that I wasn't quite aware of, and they created something that gave people the opportunity to look at me with indifference or even dislike or whatever it might be. And I don't hold anybody at fault. It's just this war we're in, right? But God is opening up our eyes. But because Jesus has broken the power of that numbness, and that self-protection that was at work, I no longer feel isolated in the body of Christ or in life in general. I'm telling you this week, people, I have been a smile magnet. <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite sure what to do with that yet because now I have to learn how to behave like a smile magnet. But I do know today that I am free from things that I sensed were there but prayed and fasted and, and all those other things and just could not see what it was or get through with it. But I thank you today that I'm free and that I believe that this open-heartedness that God has given me now gives me the opportunity to be more open-hearted and loving towards me. But what's been exciting to me in an unexpected way is that I believe that the barriers are gone and people now feel like they might want to connect Amen. with me. That's right. <laughs> thank you, Gina. Thank you. Uh, Missy. Good morning. <laughs> so when my husband, Josh, asked me to participate in one of these freedom sessions, of course I agreed because I'm a good wife and that's what we do, right? <laughs> that's right. But what I was really saying in my head was what in the world have I gotten myself into? <laughs> That's right. To say that I was uncomfortable is an understatement. 
when I got out of the car, my heart was racing, much <laughs> like it is right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I looked at my Fitbit and it said 84 beats per minute. <laughs> I looked at Josh and said, I'm only doing this because I love you. You know that, right? <laughs> so for those of you that don't know me, I am super analytical, and I certainly don't need anyone to tell me what my issues are because <laughs> I could list them all. Just ask me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but in that time of prayer and reflection in my session, I realized that there were things that I had been holding on to pretty much my entire life. Things that I thought made me who I was. Things I could even say I was proud of. But in all reality, they were the very things that were keeping me from growing closer to God. And when I finally allowed him to open my eyes and see what it was that he desired for me, I can't explain the lightness that I felt, mm, yes. the peace that I felt. I mean, how do you let go of something that you don't even realize isn't supposed to be there mm. in the first place? Yes, that's right. But because I did, I can say for the very first time in my life, I know what joy feels mm. like now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so I share all of this with you because is the unknown scary? Yes. <laughs> is the idea of this whole freedom wellsprings process uncomfortable for me a hundred percent yes <laughs> that's right um, that's right but was it worth it the answer is absolutely yes hmm. now if i were being honest is the process actually scary no <laughs> that was me just being me <laughs> so i would encourage you if you are even remotely interested in learning more about this just ask someone hmm. this might be the very thing that you need hmm. even if you think it's not because if I were being completely honest with all of you, I didn't think I needed it either. And yet here I am standing before you, <laughs> filled with a joy that Amen. I didn't even know was possible. That's right, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Missy. Thank you. Um, uh, Joel Greer. My wife, Rebecca, told me she was texting Simone last night, and Simone was asking me to speak this morning. I said, it'll take a miracle to get me up here. Here we are. <laughs> uh, just the adventures of an introvert married to an extrovert. So, yeah, that's right. Um, all my introverts out there give me a silent amen. That's and, right. Okay. So the freedom session um, that I went to, I went into it the week before trying to think of what I was going to talk about for three hours. Um, I was looking at my life thinking I don't have all these deep wounds that I need to be healed of. Um, the lies of the enemy are very tricky that way, put it that way. I had learned so well to trust in my own ability to hide my fear, my loneliness, my anger, my self-pity, 
and my doubt from everyone. And I even thought I was hiding these from God. All these lies were keeping me from having a full and powerful relationship with God, a full and powerful relationship with my wife, my three boys. Shout out to Mason, Levi, and Silas. Love you guys. <laughs> my family and my friends, um, everyone. I have gone through my life thinking there was nothing special about me, that I don't have anything to offer the people around me. Um, but the truth came out in full force during my freedom session. It is not who I am, but whose I am Amen. that is important. Amen. The former puts all the weight on me and who I am and what I can do. The latter puts, allows me to lean on God and put all the power, <laughs> put, uh, let me just read by real because I'm trying to think of a fly here. Uh, there is incredible power in the love of Jesus Christ, and I experienced that Amen. at my freedom session. Amen. Thank you. Oh, and by the way, I talked for three and a half hours, and I enjoyed it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, this is just uh, one of the ways uh, in which we can continue to um, collaborate with what Christ came to do on earth and allow his Holy Spirit to continue to take us further and further in the road of uh, holiness. Because this is a way by which we can uh, cooperate with what he wants to do in our lives. So um, this is evidence of uh, the victory of Christ, not only on the cross, but also through us in our lives. And uh, we are officially launching this ministry this month. More information will be given in the bulletin next week. You can uh, sign up for sessions with us, or we can uh, talk to you more if you have any questions or lingering concerns. And uh, as, as I close in prayer to, uh, this morning, I, I'm just in awe of a God um, who not only says, I'm the healer, but actually he shows us that he can heal. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. That he doesn't say, I'm the savior, and, you know, makes us struggle here on earth. That he just doesn't, you know, leave us without any way out mm. of our situations. Yes. That he is indeed who he says he is. Yes, and all yes, we have to Lord. do is say, yes, Lord, I believe. Yes, Lord. <laughs> I believe. And, uh, and so I recognize that we are nothing. We are nothing. Mm. And I say this because it's true. Uh, so, so often we get... Um, caught up in, in, in so many um, situations in our own life, mm. and, um, and we really are nothing. We are nothing without him. Yeah. And when he comes and empowers us, then we begin to really live into who he mm. created us to be. Mm. Uh, so anyway, I just want to pray this morning a special blessing uh, that mm. God will continue to further his work mm. individually, as a family, in your marriage, and also in this church. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for your work on the cross. We thank you for your victory, Lord. We thank you, God, that it is indeed finished, God. Yes, it is finished, and your victory is also our victory, God. Mm. It is not just our victory one day in heaven, God, but it is our victory here today yes. on earth. And so, Father, we appropriate that which you purchased for us through the shedding of your blood and the breaking of your body. We now, Lord, can also be mended, Father, through your humanness, Lord, your humanity, Father. What you assumed, Father God, in your incarnation. Now, Father God, you can also expand it, Father God, into making us whole, yes, making Lord. us holy, yes, making us more like you, redeeming us out of our human humanness, God. And so, Father, we invite your work here, God. We invite 
invite your work in each one of our lives, in our marriages, in our children's lives, in our grandchildren's lives, in our parents' lives, in our families' lives, in this church's life. We just want more of you, Holy Spirit. We want more of your work here, God. And so we invite you, Lord, set our doubts, Father God, aside, Lord, and help us, Lord, to collaborate with what you want to accomplish, Lord. In Jesus' name, we praise your holy name. Amen.